Hello. Welcome back. Welcome anew. Welcome aboard this month's voyage beyond the veil. My name is Raphael O'Neill and I'll be your captain and tour guide for the next hour as we continue to explore the issues that lie beyond the veil of illusion and lies and artificial clouds left behind in the wake of cirrus making jet airplanes. Our last adventure took us past the lies meteorologists at the American Meteorological Society are told. That geoengineering is too costly, too challenging, and uncertain to be sure that it is a good idea. That it might be necessary someday soon. We also saw how underreported what modification is. Where the World Meteorological Organization, the WMO, simply did not have listed projects in their world modification reports that we do know were in effect through other records that we have access to. Things that aren't even denied or covert. We saw how loss of human life was an acceptable outcome that geoengineers are willing to risk in order to execute their solution to global warming, and briefly touched on how geoengineering cannot be a solution to global warming, or even a band-aid for it, because it causes global warming and climate change. And we saw how they denied it's been going on despite global complaints that it is and has been for decades now. We showed how activists have tried to get serious answers from the EPA about the persistent contrails they were seeing unnaturally removing blue skies without comment from mainstream, lamestream media, only to get no answers in return. We also took a look at how, when weather was weaponized back in Vietnam, Congress didn't find out about it for a decade. We flew past a little bit of Weather modification history, which is indeed too voluminous to get into in any one or two shows, so stay tuned over these next few months for all the bits and pieces to this puzzle to be fully charted, to the extent in which it can be. And finally, we saw how the public is completely left out of the conversation of both global warming, climate change, and especially geoengineering slash climate engineering. We have been deliberately misled about the history of climate engineering. The general public is completely lacking the language with which to even discuss the various and complicated aspects of climate engineering, and this is for a reason. It is deliberate. Here, our fear of touching the taboo will be left behind, for it is clarity we search for, and truth. Ridicule will not be a substitute for argument. It is truth we want, truth we follow, and truth that takes us beyond all veils of illusion. And even if we stumble while we seek it, as long as our hearts are pure, our continued search for the truth will set us back upright. 
seek and ye shall find. So my mama taught me and my entire life has shown me this is so. The truth is out there. But so is a sea of disinfo. So navigating around all the lies and distractions intended to keep us from the truth becomes tricky for some. That is why in this show we will be giving voices to a variety of activists out there who will each present their evidence, research, and personal experiences for you to be the final judge on. While we seek to find and share the truth as we come across it, we do not seek to convince anyone of it. For people, once they have accurate information and they were lacking before, will change their own minds to accommodate the new info. But, regrettably, humanity has not been kept abreast of the true nature of reality. In fact, the mainstream reality matrix is a complete fabrication and designed to keep the populace where the societal designers want the human psyche at. Fear-based, uninformed about where technology is really at and feeling completely unempowered and or unentitled to whatever sovereignty of health and mind is possible. Now, whoa, that is quite a statement, Raphael. We have an open mind, but that's a giant claim to make, throwing you into the realm of conspiracy theorist, not fringe journalist and researcher. You are correct. That is a wild claim. And I wouldn't make it if I couldn't back it up. I could spend shows and shows making that the subject of special interest, but the lies and truth around climate engineering is more of our intended focus in the series of voyages we are planning to be making here. However, we do not live in a vacuum. So exposing the interconnectedness of issues seemingly unrelated and especially exploring how our perception and quote-unquote reality is designed to shape our beliefs are absolutely relevant to our conversation. Propaganda has always existed, as well as disinfo, but what is newer is the direct application of psychological discoveries to the deliberate manipulation of the minds of the masses to get them to do, buy, and believe whatever you want them to. In other words, mind control. Now, some of you may have heard about the mind control experiments the CIA conducted under MKUltra after absorbing some of the most notorious Nazi scientists brought over during Project Paperclip after the end of World War II. We can go into more of that later on at another time. That was very specific mind control that experimented on individual patients, many of them unaware they were test subjects, by the way, others held against their will or abandoned by society. But it was even earlier than that. No sooner than psychology itself was born that these studies and discoveries of the inner workings of the mind were manipulated for the advantage of an elite ruling class, the general population was and continues to be completely unaware of. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, may I present to you 
the creator of consumerism, the nephew of Sigmund Freud, and one of the pioneer influencers and designers of our so-called reality, Edward Bernays. I will let him illustrate my point using some of his own words, as I will read to you here today. In almost every act of our daily lives, whether in the sphere of politics or business, in our social conduct or our ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons. It is they who pull the wires which control the public mind. The conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed, our minds are molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested by men we have never heard of. The American motion picture is the greatest unconscious carrier of propaganda in the world today. It is a great distributor for ideas and opinions. The motion picture can standardize the ideas and habits of a nation. Because pictures are made to meet market demands, they reflect, emphasize, and even exaggerate broad popular tendencies rather than stimulate new ideas and opinions. The motion picture avails itself only of ideas and facts which are in vogue. As the newspaper seeks to purvey news, it seeks to purvey entertainment. Now, some may think that this is old news and no longer really applies anymore, that this was more in the 40s in that era, but still relevant today, as Roseanne Barr says. It's a big culture of mind control, too. MKUltra mind control rules in Hollywood. If you don't know that, Google it and look into it. It's really hard for artists to find their voice in the media. It's levels of brainwashing and mind control. And indeed, Roseanne is right. It's varying levels of brainwashing and mind control, from the TV programming we watch to military programs that thousands of people were able to keep secret for decades until Freedom of the Information Act has released some of some of the MK Ultra projects and some of the information. We'll never know the full extent of it, nor the branches of uh, programs that spun off of the original programs of mind control experiments, which granted have been going on since the beginning of time, but especially since the development of psychology, there has been special tinkering and attention applied to brainwashing the masses at all levels from using not just the media and politics, but even entertainment. Using rock, pop, and Hollywood stars to propagate the message to continue the mind control. I consider myself a recovery of media-induced mind control just in the recent years. When I started learning parts of history that were deliberately kept away from me, that weren't really hitting, that, that started... My reality started caving in a while back during Katrina and the BP oil spill. And then I started realizing a few other things, but basically, the movie Truman, in the Truman Show, that guy, that's who we are. 
Our reality is completely fabricated. We have, at every corner, icons placed to keep our thoughts in check, to keep us propagandized to whatever the thought is that is required of us. As Edward Bernays stated back in the last century, and thanks to there still being the illusion of freedom of speech and the internet still being a relatively free place, let's keep it that way. We have wonderful documentaries that help export the origins of the Unabomber and show that his MK Ultra origins are of note and undeniable, and yet that is information that is kept from us. We think that the Unabomber is acting alone, but we don't understand mind control programming and how it works. And all these recent shootings that everybody thinks is a gun issue or a psychoactive drug issue, which indeed these confused kids doing these shootings or being accused of doing these shootings are pretty messed up on whatever drugs they happen to be on, that's obvious. But what else accompanies the drugs? Drugs were used in experimentation during MKUltra for mind control purposes. What is the other part of the story that we are not getting when we are hearing about these shootings? It's not enough to just look at the shooter. We must understand his history, where he's been with, what his military background is, to really be sure if he was acting alone. Mind control programs to date that we do know that are declassified. Bluebird, 1951-53. Artichoke, 1951-53. MKUltra, 53-63. MK Search, 1963-73. MK Naomi, 1953-1970. Stargate, not sure when that opened up, to 1984. That's what we know right now. What other programs are in place? Well, it's unclassified, but we do know about Project Monarch. We do have whistleblowers. And some may not feel comfortable with some YouTube testimonials they they saw on the Internet. But yours truly does not have that luxury of denial. For I have known and loved a survivor of one of these programs, and I have met others. But this particular gentleman, who I am no longer with, for reasons that are completely irrelevant to this show, um, but this gentleman's father came over with Project Paperclip. He did become a major in the Air Force. I won't say which base he was stationed at, mostly, but he did meet the mother of my friend, who was a Project Monarch graduate, <laughs> groomed for Miss American Beauty Pageant, in a family of Satanic Masonic Jesuits. Well, here, here's where it gets weird. Yeah, Satanism is, is real. And a subject for many, many shows and series of its own. 
but I just would like to get personal here and tell you a little bit of my story, which is actually his story. Satanism is real. And his mother was actually forced to work at Bohemian Grove to save his life. She lost one son. And there have been names that were named as to who attended and what she did, what she was forced to do in service to them, what she was forced to be willing to do to make her handlers happy. There are celebrities from Hollywood, big names. There are press people. There are politicians who go every summer to the woods up in Northern California and produce this, reproduce this ancient ritual of human sacrifice. They claim it's fake. Uh, there have been people to claim differently and there is evidence of lynching in the past and dead bodies, young black males lynched. The photos uh, are official and released through I believe the Berkeley website, but irrelevant. They claim there was never any sacrificing that went on at the Bohemian Grove, and that's simply not true. That's not the case. And human sacrifice is an actual thing. My, my ex-boyfriend went to one of those as a child in attendance. And he said he remembers it looked like a little bit like the scene in Eyes Wide Shut with all the funny-hatted men kind of in clans, robes with pointy hats, met in the woods in Laurel Canyon. He remembers the gurgling scream of the sacrifice. It's real. There were two to three hundred people in attendance. This is beyond comprehension for most people. On the surface, his family looked like a regular Jesuit family. They go into church. It looked pretty boring, probably. Under the surface, there was some really gnarly, gnarly mind control programming going on in the house. Uh, pedophilia. The whole family was engaged sexually with each other, with the priests with other members we can't really believe the reality that some people are forced to endure in complete isolation I'm not going to try to convince you of this MK Ultra programming and how far deep it actually goes into experimentation of breaking down the human mind psyche and recreating it, reforming it, reshaping it, reprogramming it, splitting it, fracturing it, and manipulating it into doing whatever it is you want it to do. So in light of all these shootings that have been happening recently, I'll leave you with that. And not that I want to take up the entirety of this show with examples of mind control, 
and examples of the intent to solidify powers in the, the direction of a world government and the examples that this intent is partially, even fully occult driven at its very foundations. But I do want to leave you with the following quotes from some of history's more prominent figures, certainly those whose knowledge of the landscape holds more validity than my own personal experience, and let them illustrate the worldwide web of secret planning that goes on completely behind the conscious levels of the sleeping masses, at least until now, because now humanity is waking up. Humanity has access to information if it only does its homework. So let's do ours, shall we? The drive of Rockefeller and their allies is to create a one-world government, combining super-capitalism and communism under the same tent, all under their control. Do I mean conspiracy? Yes, I do. I am convinced there is such a plot. International in scope, generations old in planning, and incredibly evil in intent. Congressman Larry P. McDonald, 1976, killed in the Korean Airlines 747 that was shot down by the Soviets. In 1776, a Bavarian Jesuit by the name of Adam Weisupt was commissioned by the House of Rothschild to centralize the power base of the mystery religions into what is commonly known as the Illuminati, meaning enlightened ones. This was an amalgamation of powerful occult bloodlines, elite secret societies, and influential Masonic fraternities, with a desire to construct the framework for a new world order. The outward goal of this utopia was to bring forth universal happiness to the human race. However, their underlying intention was to gradually increase control over the masses, thus becoming masters of the planet. Ron Patton, Project Monarch, Nazi Mind Control. The government of the Western nations, whether monarchical or republican, had passed into the invisible hands of plutocracy, international in power and grasp. It was, I venture to suggest, this semi-occult power which pushed the mass of the American people into the cauldron of World War I. Major General J.F.C. Fuller, British military historian, 1941. The planning of UN can be traced to the Secret Steering Committee, established by Secretary of State Cordell Hull in January 1943. All of the members of the Secret Committee, with exception of Hull, a Tennessee politician, were members of the Council on Foreign Relations. They saw Hull regularly to plan, select, and guide the labors of the State Department Advisory Committee. It was, in effect, the coordinating agency for all of the State Department's post-war planning. Professor Lawrence H. Shoup and William Minter, writing in their study of the CFR, Imperialist Brain Trust, the CFR, and United States Foreign Policy, Monthly Review Press, 1977. The New World Order will have to be built from the bottom up rather than from the top down, but in the end run around national sovereignty, eroding it piece by piece will accomplish much more than the old-fashioned frontal assault. CFR member Richard Gardner, writing in April 74, 
issue of the CFR's Journal Foreign Affairs. The most powerful click in these CFR groups have one objective in common. They want to bring about the surrender of the sovereignty of the national independence of the U.S. They want to end national boundaries and racial and ethnic loyalties, supposedly to increase business and ensure world peace. What they strive for would inevitably lead to dictatorship and loss of freedoms by the people. The CFR was founded for the purpose of promoting disarmament and submergence of U.S. sovereignty and national independence into an all-powerful one-world government. Harper's, July 1958. It's good to be back at the Council on Foreign Relations. As Pete mentioned, I've been a member for a long time and was actually director for some period of time. I never mentioned that back when I was campaigning for re-election back home in Wyoming. Dick Cheney, CFR event. The Trilateral Commission doesn't run the world. The Council on Foreign Relations does that. Winston Lord, former CFR president. Thank you very much, um, Richard, and I am delighted to be here in these new headquarters. Um, I have been often to, uh, I guess, the mothership in New York City. Uh, but it's good to have an outpost of the council right here down the street from the State Department. Uh, we get a lot of advice from the council, so this will mean I won't have as far to go to uh, be told uh, what we should be doing and uh, how uh, we should uh, think about the future. I mean, we are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other great publications whose directors have attended our meetings and respected their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been impossible for us to develop our plan for the world if we had been subjected to the lights of publicity during those years. But the world is now more sophisticated and prepared to march towards a world government the supranational sovereignty of an intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national auto-determination practiced in past centuries. June 1991. David Rockefeller, CFR kingpin, founder of the Trilateral Commission. Also, some even believe we, the Rockefeller family, are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States characterizing my family and me as the internationalists and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure one world if you will if that's the charge i stand guilty and i am proud of it we shall have world government whether or not we like it the only question is whether world government will be achieved by conquest or consent. James Paul Warburg, foreign agent for the Rothschild dynasty, major player in the Federal Reserve Act scam, February 17, 1950, speaking before the U.S. Senate. The United Nations is the greatest fraud in all history. Its purpose is to destroy the United States. John Rankin, U.S. Congressman. We are at present working discreetly with all our might to wrest this mysterious force called sovereignty out of the clutches of the local nation-states of the world. Professor Arnold Toynbee, in a June 1931 speech before the Institute for the Study of International Affairs in Copenhagen. Today, 
Americans would be outraged if UN troops entered Los Angeles to restore order. Tomorrow they will be grateful. This is especially true if they were told that there was an outside threat from beyond, whether real or promulgated, that threatened their very existence. It is then that all people of the world will plead to deliver them from this evil. The one thing every man fears is the unknown. When presented with this scenario, individual rights will be willingly relinquished for the guarantee of their well-being granted to them by the world government. Dr. Henry Kissinger, 1991, Bilderberg Conference in Evian, France, 1991. And when campaigning for NAFTA, NAFTA is a major stepping stone to the new world order, end quote. From the days of Spartacus, Weisopt, Karl Marx, Trotsky, Bella Kuhn, Rosa Luxemburg, and Emma Goldman, this world conspiracy has been steadily growing. This conspiracy played a definite recognizable role in the French Revolution. It has been the mainspring of every subversive movement during the 19th century. And now, at last, this band of extraordinary personalities from the underworld of the great cities of Europe and America have gripped the Russian people by the hair of the head and have become the undisputed masters of that enormous empire. Winston Churchill to the London Press, 1922. There is sufficient evidence that a number of societies of the Illuminati have been established in this land of gospel light and civil liberty, which were first organized from the Grand Society in France. They are doubtless secretly striving to undermine all our ancient institutions, civil and sacred. These societies are closely leagued with those of the same order in Europe. They have all the same objects in view. The enemies of all order are seeking our ruin. Should infidelity generally prevail, our independence would fall, of course. Our republican government would be annihilated. Joseph Willard, president of Harvard University, in a speech in New Hampshire, a sermon preached in Lancaster before Washington Benevolent Societies of Lancaster and Guildhall. Windsor, Vermont, Thomas M. Pomeroy, 1812. The governments of the present day have to deal not merely with other governments, with emperors, kings, and ministers, but also with the secret societies, which have everywhere their unscrupulous agents, and can, at the last moment, upset all the government plans. British Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli, 1876 I do conscientiously and sincerely believe that the order of Freemasonry, if not the greatest, is one of the greatest moral and political evils. John Quincy Adams, Letters on the Masonic Institution, present here, Marvin, 1847. The Masonic religion should be, by all of us initiates of the higher degrees, maintained in the purity of the Luciferian doctrine. Albert Pike, 33rd degree Mason, Morals and Dogma. John Robinson, a professor of natural philosophy of Edinburgh University in Scotland and a member of a Freemason lodge there, said he had been asked to join the Illuminati. After consideration, he concluded that the Illuminati were not for him. In a 1978, he published a book called Proofs of a Conspiracy, in which he wrote, An association has been formed for the express purpose of rooting out all the religious establishments and overturning all existing governments. The leaders would rule the world with uncontrollable power, while all the rest would be employed as tools of the ambition of their unknown superiors. This book was sent to George Washington, 
who replied, quote, It was not my intention to doubt that the doctrines of the Illuminati and principles of Jacobinism had not spread in the United States. On the contrary, no one is more truly satisfied of this fact than I am. The idea that I meant to convey was that I did not believe that the lodges of Freemasons in this country had, as societies, endeavored to propagate the diabolical tenets of the first or pernicious principles of the latter, if they are susceptible of separation. That individuals of them have done it, or that the founder or instruments employed to found the democratic societies in the United States may have had these objects, and actually had a separation of the people from the government in view, is too evident to be questioned. End quote. George Washington. When the Mason learns that the key to the warrior of the block is the power application of the dynamo of the living power, he has learned the mystery of his craft. The seething energies of Lucifer are in his hands, and before he may step onward and upward, he must prove his ability to properly apply energy. Manley P. Hall, 33rd Degree Mason, in his book, The Lost Keys of Freemasonry, 1942. Also, in lectures on ancient philosophy and in the introduction on the, to the study and application of rational procedure, page 397, chapter 19, Rosicrucian and Masonic Origins, quote, Freemasonry is a fraternity within a fraternity, an outer organization concealing an inner brotherhood of the elect. Before it is possible to intelligently discuss the origin of the craft, it is necessary, therefore, to establish the existence of these two separate yet interdependent orders, the one visible and the other invisible. The visible society is a splendid camaraderie of free and accepted men adjoined to devote themselves to ethical, educational, fraternal, patriotic, and humanitarian concerns. The invisible society is a secret and most august fraternity whose members are dedicated to the service of a mysterious arcanum and arcanorum, those brethren who have essayed to write the history of their craft have not included in their disquisitions the story of that truly secret inner society which is to the body Freemasonic what the heart is to the body human. The very word secrecy is repugnant to the free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths and secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweigh the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by initiating or imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon these anxious to expand the meaning of the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it is in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. John F. Kennedy Don't deny what is. 
deny its power over you. Because regardless of what anybody says, it doesn't really matter. The bottom line is, if you don't control your mind, someone else will. That's why learning how others of ill intent use the powers of your own mind against you and how they've studied this art can help you from falling prey to it. None of this is to tell you this to paralyze you in some sort of overwhelming fear of the great dark veil that is out there. Do not be afraid of the veil. Be aware. Be aware, not in fear, but in awareness. There are a lot of people and entities and forces actively at work for the control and manipulation of your mind. Millions of dollars are spent to woo your attention and to keep it in whatever self-serving direction it is intended to be stolen to. We are pulled in many, many different directions, but there is a grand direction in which we're being led, and that is the ultimate surrender of our mind and control of our mind in faith and in surrender of someone else's will. Lots and lots is done to control your mind. It doesn't matter if you're this group or that group. The Illuminati doesn't care about left or right. They don't even care about alternatives. That's why Alex Jones is doing great. <laughs> so they just want to control all the groups that are out there. They usurped Christianity. They usurped... Some say they usurped the hippie movement, but the truth is they actually created it. But that's another point for another day. A lot of our reality is being designed for us. A lot of things have been kept secret that are now declassified. A lot of people don't understand this. That is fine to not be able to comprehend the depth of the veil and the darkness beyond. When one is well-intentioned, that is because it is good. You are not psychopathic. You cannot comprehend psychopathy. You cannot comprehend being a part of something that is bigger than yourself. And it the attempt to enslave mankind is almost a spiritual battle that man has been against since the beginning of time with himself or with entities greater and darker than he. Well, that's debatable. The fact is that forces are controlling and manipulating our perception of this world, our perception of ourselves, and our perception of our what we as humans are capable of doing about what all we see. There is a lot of apathy going around. It's an epidemic of apathy, and it is by design. But the revolution, the revolution will not be televised because it cannot be televised because it takes place within the mind. 
and the truth shall set you free. After it pisses you off and scares the shit out of you. Excuse my French. But back to the point. Perception is controlled. It is. We will share more quotes on mind control over our next few shows as well, because that's a part of the history of the veil. But needless to say, when people say, how could any number of people be involved in a chemtrail or geoengineering program of such depth and breadth and history without bigger whistleblowers? How did MKUltra experiments on hundreds, if not thousands, of innocent children continue without some whistleblower back in the day going to the press and exposing it and freeing those children from their bondage and experimentation? How was that able to continue? Time and time again, history has shown us people will go along with tyranny. And on that note, is there really no whistleblowing? Has no one ever really talked about this in the media? Well, there have been a few breaches of etiquette where some meteorologist informed the public of the military operations affecting the radar. And here's what they have to say. Last weather segment. This is inevitably military or something going on. The government, the Air Force, they send out what's known as CHAP, and it's a way to experiment with the radar system. And when you see this kind of a pattern like this, you can rest assured there's something going on. They're actually little bitty magnetic and little bitty strips of, whether it's aluminum, you know, they, they change it. But what happens is the radar deflects off of all these little pieces, and they use it actually as a jamming mechanism for radar in warfare, but it can also jam our radar and make rain appear that there really is no rain out there. Later on tomorrow, there could be a few shots. Southern Oregon and Northern California. California, uh, we've got a bit of an unusual situation. Now, this first portion of the radar cycle, fairly bland and typical, but then you see these bands of very distinct cloud cover moving into the region. That is not rain, that is not snow, believe it or not. Military aircraft flying through the region is dropping chaff. Small bits of aluminum, sometimes it's made of plastic or uh, even uh, metallicized, uh, metallicized paper products, but it's used as an anti-radar issue and not Obviously, they're up there practicing. Now, they won't confirm that, but I was in the Marine Corps for many years, and I'll tell you right now, that's what it is. Uh, 50 in Medford right now, 48 in Wairika, 48 And this is from more than likely military exercises going on in a designated area off the coast of Key West now. What they do is they sometimes throw some materials in the air that are supposedly non-toxic, and it does show up on the radar. What they use it for is deflecting radar beams for disguising themselves, uh, usually ships or aircraft in this case, and you can see that this is just not a rain pattern uh, that you would normally expect with a frontal system. Now, the visible satellite imagery will confirm that. We look down there for any kind of clouds, you don't see any out there, so obviously not rain, uh, false echoes from that, uh, again, more than likely military exercises going on down off the coast of the Key West area. Despite these relatively few exceptions, 
very rare indeed. Most meteorologists do not call out any military projects or aircraft spraying. They do not call out even jet cirrus, which is the alleged explanation for chemtrails, which people are seeing. So when people say chemtrails are an internet hoax, their internet hoax is taking away our blue skies, affecting the weather by creating overcast days or bringing fronts through or just straight, straight out taking blue skies away. And the explanation we're giving that it's jet cirrus is not referenced in the evening news on the weather channel. I mean, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. If jet cirrus is normal, why are we not talking about it? Why have most people never heard of it? Much less know that that's one of the types of clouds. That's that's one of the that's one of the new clouds NASA came out with in the last few years. Most people have not learned about jet cirrus in school, but our kids are learning about that. That's one of the main driving factors behind why I wrote Funny Clouds, a chemtrail tale, a children's book, or it's actually a parent thing tool. It's also an activist tool. It's a great introduction to the subject. It's by far not the be all and all uh, who, what, where, when, what of the subject, but it's a very simple narration that introduces the subject of artificial clouds and uh, the different agendas for different profit reasons. Nothing going too deliberate, but uh, it's been very controversial. I had seven bad reviews before I sold the first book. I'm being heavily trolled in the, one of my chemtrail pages. Uh, people had anticipated. <laughs> but I also had a lot of excellent, excellent reviews. It's been very polarized reviews, either five or one stars, it seems. A lot of people are offended that I would dare write this book for our poor children who are being brainwashed by fear-mongering me. The thing is that we're the lies are so prevailing, so systemic, that people who are aware and who do more research than the lamestream, mainstream uh, common awareness is at, is going to need support <laughs> in sharing that truth. Uh, and this book was written in honor of the truth warriors out there who are doing their best to maintain and preserve some sanity in their own inner world despite the increasing insanity in the outer world which we are seeing and i'm here to say that it's it's not you it's a lot of madness going on it's all very deliberate there's a lot of breaking down of everything going on right now and you need to really hold on to yourself your loved ones your family and your own sense of right and justice in this world and your own knowledge and your own common sense and that's why you can't just let people spoon feed you information fact check things for yourself research things for yourself at least enough to know which direction you're going in we cannot just hand over our faith to others anymore we need to do our own homework and this show even though it is a climate engineering show was mostly dedicated on exposing the nature of the veil the lies 
those that are involved in it, the direction it's going in, some of the the main obstructions to getting beyond the veil, which we intend to do. So here we're going to allow Christina Schindler some room to tell us briefly some of the highlights of what is going on in the activism scene on the West Coast. Hi, Raphael. Hi, it's Christina, and I am co-host of the Sunday Afternoon Talk Show, which is the third Sunday of each month, called Edge of the Herd. I co-host with Bud Rogers, and we began a series on geoengineering last December. And then um, Bud and I, in August, attended, um, there was a geoengineering conference in Reading, um, coordinated by Dane Wigington of Geoengineering Watch. Um, he was, we had him on a second time, I think in May, um, throughout the year. But in August, there was a conference in Reading, and a lot of this can be found. I believe these talks are all on his website, geoengineeringwatch.org. Um, he spoke and gave a demonstration. Rosalind Peterson was present. Um, a gentleman by the name of Alan Buckman, who has done extensive research. Right now, I can't tell you his, his exact title, but he's a scientist. He's a former U.S. meteorologist, weather I'm something in the environmental division as well. I'm a, um... So right now, um, <laughs> on the top of my head, also Francis Mangal um, spoke, and he's, I believe, in one of those, at least one of those documentaries. He has a long list. Um, I rattled it off for the show, but I had to write it down and look at it. Um, he's U.S. wildlife biologist, but he's wildlife and fisheries. He's got an extensive list of credentials um, in the environmental sphere, water-related, forestry. Um, he's a, a member of Mensa. There's another one that's above Mensa as far as IQ that he's part of. He's very well-versed in the subject. Um, he was also a guest speaker on a following, um, the next show, I believe, in Edge of the Herd of September. Um, also at this conference, there was um, there were speakers, lawyers, attorneys from the legal team, as they are trying to go forward with some legal action um, for damages caused by the geoengineering that is uh, taking place. There was also a gentleman um, who was a chemist who had come in from um, there were people. I think he had come in from like Ohio. He was in from a different state. And he um, he gave a talk about this and how it's affecting. He also recommended uh, that people get their blood tested for metals and heavy metals. And I'll say even more than that, uh, it might not be circulating in your blood. Get a hair analysis test. It'll show you what's in there a little even more solidly, even if it's not circulating in the blood at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then there was also, um, I'm feeling there were couple other speakers at that conference and one was also um, he was a Navy officer there in his uniform and he was aware of what's going on and what's happening and he felt that you know it's time for us to speak up um, and say no and we need to take action and that was uh, a lot of I believe that all of these are videoed and accessible on the geoengineeringwatch.org there was also um, a rally in September, mid-September in Sacramento, um, and it was to call for Governor Jerry Brown to end geoengineering in the state of California. Um, I met 
several people. I'd say there was probably about a group of at least about 50 people that came out. Um, the key speaker was Patrick Roddy, um, and he is an activist and researcher. And he is, um, it's Stop Spraying SF.com um, from San Francisco in the Bay Area. Um, and he has attended some, I don't know if he went to the most recent climate uh, summit conference in Paris, but he has gone to previous ones. It's pretty intimidating of a subject at first, because there's so much information and so many legs to it. Mm -hmm. But it's really something I, I'm sure we both are on the same page to encourage everyone to find out as much as you can and become representatives exactly. out there where you are. Because if you think that Christina and myself has got this, you know, you just need a few more <laughs> people and a lot more. Many of us to wake up, and that's kind of what Patrick Roddy said too. He said, "You know, we need to spread the word." He said, "He said, you know, look, he he said, I'm just a regular guy, and I, you know, did this." He wrote a paper that he presented at the uh, the climate things. He had conversations with uh, Ken Caldera, one of the big geoengineering proponents, um, uh, and then he said he wouldn't want to talk to him anymore. He turned the other way, but. Um, at this conference, like, there were several groups from throughout California, as well as someone was there from like Nevada. Um, someone had come in from Oregon. I talked to several people. Someone with different groups, and some were just really glad to come in to see where this was going. And a few people that I spoke to were like, I'm so glad to see all these people here. You know, I'm not alone anymore. Um, there was an organization also called um, Bye Bye Blue Sky, um, and they are. I believe they're based maybe the Bay Area. They're up in Northern California. There was also um, a lady, Deborah Whitman, and I had heard her when I was researching in this talk. Um, she has environmental voices, and she um, is helping to preserve our future. Um, she's the founder and president, and environmental voices, and she covers a lot of uh, uh, toxins in our environment. But she became aware of the jet trails, aerosols in the atmosphere, the geoengineering, um, and quickly realized it was affecting her health. She'd been ill, and she said a friend told her, you need to look this up. She said, no, it's too much. I can't tell you. Just look it up and do a little research. She said as soon as she did the research and became aware of what's being done in our atmosphere, in our environment, that we are all being subjected to breathe constantly, because it's there and present. She correlated the fact that that's what was causing her illness. Um, she was no longer able to work a regular job, so she's now dedicated full time to awareness. And I believe she 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 might even have information about um, maybe health things or uh, to alleviate whatever's happening in the atmosphere, the heavy metals or whatever we're absorbing, ways that maybe you can alleviate some of these effects that, as of now, we as people can't affect. Um, Patrick Roddy, who was here, was also on um, one of the following edge of the herd. Um, so there, and we get, it's a call-in show that we do. We usually talk a little bit or we have a guest come in and we get people to call in. And um, we've had a few people that call in at just uh, a couple of times, but still are skeptical. And um, I've, but quite a lot of people, they call in, they've been watching, they see the trails, a lot of people are thankful that we're talking about it. 
Um, but after listening to a show, I told Bud, I was like, Bud, we're helping people come out of the chemtrail closet. Yeah. No, you're not a conspiracy theorist, okay? You know, it's yeah. stratospheric aerosol geoengineering and solar radiation management. Yes, and it, with a modification and jet weather genocide. And I mean, because look, here's another thing that the, the beef I have with the What in the World movie. So it does a great job at introducing you to the subject and the why in the world goes into the what are derivatives and other angles of it. The more Jellens issue is tragically left untouched. That's way too much for a lot of people. And I know people with more Jellens, and I know that half of them got it from touching funny fallout from chemtrails. So it's, it's a very, there's so many, so much more than just saving us from global warming. Cause some people will hear about it and say, well, the powers that be are just taking care of the sheep and, you know, and so they're protecting us from global warming. And, and it's, this is not, this is where we're at right now, the legitimization of the very technologies that are, and it's not the only thing. We're not living in a pristine world. It's not the only cause of climate change, but it is the, it's a big contributor. It is such a big contributor. And uh, the, the most important document, I think I had uh, enjoyed citing uh, recently at the AMS, the American Meteorological Society, was the NASA's own document. Not that I have too much reverence for NASA, but some of their raw data and studies are fine and people take them seriously. But they say and admit that even a small change in location and abundance of clouds can affect global warming greater than anticipated changes in CO2 aerosols or any other man-made causes. And, and inside the room comes the reason uh, to to, to do all of this is my uh, two-year-old son, Lucas, is just waking up, and um, we won't talk too much about what's in his blood work, which he probably inherited from me, but um, for whoever you hold dear in your life, we hope and encourage that uh, you look into this further and uh, don't count on other good citizens out there doing it. We need all good citizens out there representing this because it's the only way we can counter the silence and the lies which are deafening on this subject. And I thank you for what you're doing out there and bringing it here and your dedication to um, this very important, the most important environmental issue you don't know about, although not your listeners and right. not ours. <laughs> but everyone who doesn't know, once they do know, they're going to wish they knew sooner. Yeah, that's my feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you, likewise, for what you're doing here. Wonderful. Uh, have a great trip back, and we're looking forward to your report, Christina. Thank you. And again, you can hear her if you wanted to hear it online. You can go to KMUD Radio, KMUD.org. It is streamable live, or it could be found on the audio archive, Sunday Afternoon Talk, Edge of the Hurt, third Sunday of the month. Great. We'll find you there. Thank you. In the meantime, look up, speak up, act up, wake up. God bless.